We are pretending to record. Even QuickTime is pretending to record. My uh, my math teacher he used to say, "Pretend to be students." That's like that was his <laughs> success bar. Was if we could for one hour just pretend to be students. When the principal comes in, pretend to be students. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Especially when the principal comes in, look busy. Yeah. <laughs> Act as a student. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have something fun going on over in Twitter. I do. I'm having a ball. I'm really having a ball. And like after I upgraded to Big Sur and this old Mac, old as in like bought in 2018, 2017 model, I think I might have to enter that one. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. You might want to win. So I created a forecasting challenge, Summits First. Yeah. And the call to action is you summit to build a model of your business and then create a goal, which is something you can do in Summit. Uh, a revenue goal specifically for April 1st of 2021. And whoever's the closest as measured, and I didn't say this in the tweet, but whoever's closest as measured by like sort of percentages, um, wins a 13 inch MacBook Pro or catch equivalent if you're not into Macs. So that's fine. So, really good idea. I think if enough people sign up, you should have like a, a Slack channel or something for them. Because oh, they could keep that. each other accountable and stuff like that. I think this will resonate with Ben Orenstein. Haven't mentioned him for like many episodes. Two episodes? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Ben. Hey. You, haven't been paying, you haven't been paying your last two invoices, so you couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah, there's so much that can be done. Like this could really turn into community. And what I was telling you before we hit record was uh, in the weather space, which is something I became familiar with, kind of got my honorary meteorology certificate uh, which isn't a thing but uh, honorary member forecasting challenges are a craze like people love um, challenging one another to see who can forecast the weather better and they pick a date in the future and who, they attempt to forecast the weather who are who are these people oh thousands of meteorologists oh yes and they win prizes and they get to show off and brag about it and all this stuff like it's a big deal that sounds really weird but Every time you hear like after an earnings call, whether or not the financial forecast met analyst expectations, it's all a forecast verification exercise. It's just the analysts have financial forecasts about how their companies are going to do. So what I'm trying to do here is kind of plant the seeds of early stage companies attempting to be accurate with their forecasting. And I just happen to have a really great tool for that. Kim, will they sh- like it's part of this that they show how they predicted that it will be the weather will be like this or like that. Are we in the weather space? Or are you saying? In- I, no, I'm still in the weather space. Like I want to oh, get to okay. the bottom of this. Yeah. So they, because, they... Oh, it's just like a thousand meteorologist. And then one of them is like 42 and then it's 42. And then they're like, oh, you won. You're great. Or do they have to like show their forecast or like how they came to their, that? So result? they have, they have very, uh, they have websites that are very, let's just say rough around the edges, but they work and they come to them and they get, a bunch of data and they can look at whatever data they want to. And then it asks them for like a weekly forecast for, Hey, for every day for this week, I want the high temperature, low temperature and like whether, you know, chance of rain, just give me basically a forecast. And then what they do is that gets, that gets locked in. You can't change it. And then once those times pass, they do verification. They just go back and see who was most accurate. And they agree on the, how the, 
how the actuals are going to be measured and collected before they do this, obviously. So, cause you could have a weather station that is very different than a weather station two miles away because of valleys and different things. So they agree on that. And they're like, okay, this, this is the, the rules of the game. Let's play the game. And they win prizes and street cred. And, and actually a lot of um, sort of, okay, now we're going to go on a fun tangent. Okay. turns out there's about 500 people a year when I got the data last that graduate college in the United States with a meteorology degree wow, or atmospheric sciences undergraduate degree. I'm not sure if I'm getting that quite right, but let's just say it's, it's less than a thousand. But out of those, there's only a handful of jobs that open up in that field. And so there's a lot of competition among people who really, really love the weather to prove that they're gr- really good so that they get those jobs. And you can't just have like a, it's not like Photoshop portfolios or coding projects. Like how do you demonstrate that you're a good forecaster? You actually need a way to do that. So these challenges actually help a lot of students in colleges and and graduate programs, et cetera, like demonstrate their skill. Um, And it's a big deal for them in their field. So, So in finance, this all happens too. They're just in Wall Street at trading <laughs> desks, hiding their forecasts from everybody else because nobody they want they don't want to share that secret information with anybody. But that's they're making huge bets on things, and if they're wrong, they lose their jobs. That's fascinating. Forecasting. But anyways, did, did you mention what the price was already? <laughs> I did. So it's a it's a stock. Uh, I didn't want somebody to like jazz one up to 10 grand because I'm sure it's popular so it's like or possible. So without getting into all the details, I was like, let's just make it a stock MacBook Pro 13-inch, the M1 kind, because everyone's kind of buzzing about that right now, talking about how great they are, um, or cash equivalent. So whatever that price ends up being on that day, we'll uh, we'll do it then. And I feel like for Summit, it's just a really great way to, it's a fun way. Somebody already wrote back and said, this is fun. I want to do this. It's like, yeah, it's a fun way to acquire engaged users, teach them about the product, and uh, give a reward to somebody who does a great job. And this could turn into a big thing, or it could just stay a one-time thing. We'll see. It's uh, either way. Yeah. I mean, any actionable steps if people listening to this want to be part of this or try it out? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a good, good excuse to try Summit, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and frankly, even if you don't want to get into the modeling in depth, you can just sign up for Summit. Um, and just go to the modeling page, which is at the top left. Just click modeling. And on the right-hand side, it'll say create revenue goal. The simplest thing you need to do is just type in uh, the date of the revenue goal that you want to hit and the revenue goal and hit save. And you're done. Like you don't actually have to use the product. Now, I recommend using the product because it obviously does some really cool stuff to project your financials. Um, and an even a really easy way to maybe do that is to go into the... Um, at the top, you can go under uh, revenue trends and you can actually connect your um, bare metrics, profit well, or chart mogul data and see uh, Summit will automatically run a statistical forecast for you against your data from those sources. And one thing you could consider is just taking you know, the, either the high, medium, or low number off of that forecast and just using that as your guess, right? Um, that tends to work better when you're a more mature company because trying to extrapolate statistically on a very early stage company where you know you add three customers and it like triples your revenue you know isn't probably going to be as accurate um but if you're a later stage business and you're just kind of got that nice ramp going then that would be a way to do it too and don't like not stop closing deals like if you're about to go over your goal (laughs) 
Yes. Hopefully this is not enough to make somebody do that. <laughs> yeah. um, if, what happened? Yeah, it, You're completely tanked. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Try to win this MacBook. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Not going to win the Tesla. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. If, if, the, if the prize got too big, you could see some perverse incentives arise. That's why, um, you know, ex I didn't want to, you also don't want people to do low goals. This is a sales problem, right? People, people, you talk to execs and sales and they want to set, hopefully not the good ones, but some of them will try to set lower goals, sandbag goals and just super achieve, but the goal wasn't good in the first place. So um, for this one, I'm trying not to worry about all that. It's just kind of a fun thing. And if we have to split hairs here because somebody like closes a huge deal the last day, but they would have won, then we'll just pop an extra champagne for them and say, congratulations on your huge deal. This guy won. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see. Yeah, that's fun. I think it's a really good idea. I hope enough people hold you up on it yeah excited um i do see some goals have already been created for april 1st so i'm not sure if those are actually no those are for april of previously so we don't have any april 1st of 2021 goals yet but i did get some dms of people saying they want to uh yeah they want to do it so nice yeah well you've been on fire on twitter in general Whew. Let's uh let's hear what's what's up. Oh, we're gonna start with me. Yeah, okay. we are. Okay. All Done right. Host. <laughs> yeah. So I um I've turned a big corner, man. I I, I gotta say. I'm very excited Seems about like it. Um this. So I got the accounting integration done. Yeah. The accounting integration. Yeah. It's the so I subscribe to a service called Codat and codat.io. Uh, does kind of like what Plaid does, but for accounting. And so they provide a normalized endpoint for me that connects to QuickBooks, Zero, FreshBooks, Sage, Intac, Exact, all of them, right? Pretty much I all. I love products like that. Like that's oh, my, my dream gosh. company one day. It's fantastic. So I'm really excited. I signed up. Um, great, great people. And uh, I um, really enjoyed talking to them before I signed up. And they've been super supportive afterwards. And all I have to do now is kind of go to the accounting provider, get the keys, the developer keys, and just save them into the code app portal and then and then flick the switch which is just like and then i do an extra push to production because i want to have an extra little button to click for each um accounting provider but so i launched quickbooks last week and i ended up getting a couple people testing it it worked it's i've got seven connections now and it's been live for two days i think um sweet and i just launched so I, and then i built zero integration with zero which is the second most popular and highly requested in 20 minutes this morning by just going to get the keys uh, so the same wow. done and i'll do fresh books and zoho and every other every other thing and then they uh, and i got to do one data model and one yeah it's insane one data model I, one ingestion script <laughs> like this is one for the for the indie hackers out there man like it's such a developer project like it's so satisfying for me to think about building a product like that like take all this mess and clean it up for people to use it in like a more sane way and like if you really figure it out like you can get these insane enterprise deals with stuff like that like yeah if this works out like you'll end up paying good money to these Kodak people yeah i know it's a it's a real win-win and once what's cool about it actually is they want to promote uh summit on their linkedin now um which is great they've got know good amount of funding and audience and all of that and so I'm, I'm sending copy to the marketing director today 
to promote Summit on their LinkedIn page and say, here's another awesome integration that's been done by a customer of ours. So the, the general theme for Matt and last week is product. I just call, I don't know what to call it. Pro, the product is all the pillars are there. I, that's kind of the way I'd like to say it is forget MVP and versioning and all that stuff. It's like the pillar of not being able to connect to your accounting was missing. And it was really, really eating away at my confidence. Now that that's in place, it really, the positioning of the product really makes so much sense. It just sits right alongside your accounting systems, right alongside your subscription data, right alongside Stripe and your banking data. It sits between all of those, connects to all of those and gives you a, a kind of a planning tool. And that just huge stress relief for me to get that accomplished because I've already switched into marketing mode now. So I new marketing page is up. Wow. Who would have thought? I know. It's Christmas almost like earlier this year for Einer. Yeah. <laughs> Who was giving me a hard time about it. Um, and it's funny. I'll tell listeners this podcast a secret. Like, obviously, I always wanted to do a better marketing site. But I also explained very clearly that I didn't need to and I didn't want to. But now I do. And it turns out I'm very I'm very pro great marketing site now that it makes sense. It just didn't make sense until today. <laughs> so so now it does and it's live. And I'm very happy because I woke up this morning and I had a I've had 186 likes on my hey, I'm building a new marketing site tweet. <laughs> Come on, think about that. <laughs> just crazy it's crazy so i got all this traffic and built uh, up demand built up demand for a new marketing site um so i uh so i got that launched and i woke up and i went looked at my product analytics and i found i had six people using the site simultaneously this morning um, which is a record i've never had usually it's one or two and then throughout the course of a day worldwide it's maybe 20 but for six people to all be on the site at a time this morning using it was uh, was cool. So yeah, I'm really working on the mar- marketing. It's like rapidly consuming more of my brain. I'm going to roll out more of the accounting integrations, bug fixes, and then just make this modeling tool incredible, right? Like that's the heart and soul of this thing. So if the modeling tool just keeps getting better and supporting more and more business model designs and use cases, I think I have what I want to build like in my sites it's um yeah it's 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 the positioning i wanted what you just mentioned what seemed like another like weekend tangent or something like that that happened this week as well where you just all of a sudden were like okay let's build plugins as well <laughs> like, oh i totally forgot you, you, lo- you launched plugins i thought you were just i mean weren't you just describing plugins business models and stuff like that well, yeah, actually, so I was describing like I want to support new types of events, which can be solved okay. by publishing plugins, right? Okay. The plugins feature is a feature that's only available to me right now uh, as a staffer. But I can yeah, bless. I thought that was really cool the way you, when you showed that. <laughs> yeah, so I can bless any user account that I want to. And uh, I've currently only blessed my own with the, with the privileges of being able to take a model that you build. And it's not an entire model. It could be an entire business model or financial model. Um, but you could just take one little part of it. And I think a fun example is like, here's, an, here's a, um, a senior engineer, like speaking of very small, here's a senior engineer in San Francisco. It's one event. But what it contains 
is the median salary plus benefits of a senior engineer in San Francisco. And maybe it's a Python developer specifically or a React developer, whatever it is. If you want to come to this tool now and publish a plugin that's that one event, that one senior engineering event, you can. And you can put in a little description that says this is the, you know, as of December 2020, this is the median salary for a senior engineer in San Francisco that has these skills. You can publish that and now anybody else in the platform can come to the plugins library and see that and click install. And it puts that knowledge into their model. So now they don't have to guess or go look it up or whatever. And that's like that's like a very tiny example. But you can imagine people building, here's how to set up a freemium approach. Here's how to set up a, a, go to, a conferences go-to-market, right? So basically what I'm allowing people to do is if you become fluent with Summit and you learn how to build these little, almost like um, little compilations of events that have some kind of molecular value. I'm trying to think of like what the heck this is. You can publish it as a plugin and then anybody else in the platform can install it and use it and doesn't have to like go get that knowledge or learn how to set that up. Um, yeah. And, and in Excel, let me put it this way. In Excel, let's say that you ask a friend who's really good at financial modeling to set up a, a financial model for you. And they ask you like, oh, how are you acquiring customers? And you say, oh, well, we go to conferences uh, once a quarter and we get this many leads and this, 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 and you describe it all to them. And then they whip that together in Excel. What I'm basically allowing is for that structure of those cells that they created to be published by them to a platform that then anybody can use as opposed to what's well, in Peter's spreadsheet now, but like that doesn't help anybody else that has that go to market. You know, this kind of reminds me of like the, you know, how the whole object oriented programming came out of the gaming world originally, I think. Oh, that makes sense. And yeah. then... Because we've talked about here, like it, it, one day, like Summit will be a game. <laughs> it yeah. could be at least. Like it's it's pretty obvious that it could be, or you could build a game on top of it somehow. Yep. But it's like this. Just that I kind of realized that when you said like this is a senior developer, and or a senior engineer, and I kind of like started to think like one day you could simulate simulate like okay, we want to hire someone for this role, and you could like you could even simulate getting like a bunch of applicants that you could browse through for like different profiles and and then like depending on their skill levels and whatever traits they had like it could imp impact your model like which one you hire and yep. how long they take to hire like this person is in another state so mm -hmm. you know whatever like it's just yep it's a interesting it, I, yeah i think the bottom line is like it's a simulation so the yeah right now it's kind of arcade mode like not realistic simulation <laughs> mode. It's it's kind of like flying a plane in one of the games for the Nintendo, and you can just you can do anything. You don't have to worry about there's no stalling, <laughs> right? <laughs> but but over time, we can evolve it towards more of a Microsoft Flight Simulator, where there is if you want it to be realistic, we can make it realistic, and that becomes more challenging. But you're developing your skills at managing a business a lot more fully. Um, and I I also had this thought of okay, if, if you're going to come publish a plugin to Summit there should be some kind of reward or incentive to do so. And so it's a digital good at that point. Like that plugin is a digital good. And so to the gaming metaphor, it's if you want to buy this upgraded weapon or this shield or this spell or whatever it is, you can pay $10 or Fortnite clothing, right? 
there's no reason you can't pay five dollars for a live for a for a data set on summit of median salaries for 2020 right for yeah. all these positions right and you could pay that fee summit gets a little bit but then a lot of that gets you know, I mean most of that gets passed on to the person that created that plugin it's really cool can't wait for everyone to be doing the summit dance <laughs> did you summit <laughs> so awesome. yeah um that, that i've been um just been a really productive groove and uh i think a lot of it comes down to just getting a lot of this off my back in terms of that integration and i'll tell you what you know finishing my update here for now it's the tedium of the integrations that gets me <laughs> i'll be perfectly honest right. with you it's the you sit down you know you want to get this data from here to there and you're like oauth and redirects and data modeling and ingestion and then retries and connections and failure all this oh geez it's just not any fun blank slate in a sense right yeah it's just so not really (laughs) so i mean i i knew what i needed to do but getting myself to do that was not easy (laughs) yeah yeah i i basically had to you know work some uh work some late nights as uh my wife can tell you up till 2 or 3 a.m because that's when i just got that's when I kind of got the quiet and in the mode and in the groove to want to do this work of like not being distracted by anything or whatever. I'm just going to buckle down and do it. So I pulled a couple really late nights um, to do that, not because I had to, but because I was just just telling myself, look, I have to just, um, what's the word? I just have to hunker down and get this done, right? So right. now it is. Yeah. Yeah, I think Bjorn and I really resonate with that we're launching the big hosts feature this week hopefully um what what does that uh, describe that feature for those that are just tuning <laughs> in yeah i mean i've been talking about it for like weeks and weeks and weeks yeah but i always keep referring to it with like the previous version or the previous episodes but yeah but basically... I, also, I also know or i think your your thinking's evolved a little bit in terms of right what you mean by summit or, sorry <laughs> woo <laughs> edit that out what you mean by this is what happens when you go to updates too fast um branch yeah. d- doing hosting or dealing with hosting right you're not talking about well tell us what you're talking about <laughs> oh now i'm confused a little bit but anyways <laughs> i was thinking about the idea you had at one point of kind of the netlify preview oh no yeah no that's more of a that Where was you were hosting like an R&D. there is an r&d project right. but Basically, what's going to be different is right now, everything in branch is a a deployment step. They used to be called build steps, but now we call them deployment steps. And it's basically just uh, every step is just a a command or several commands you want to run in a Docker container, essentially. So it could be to run npm install or something like that. Then for the... For deployment, it would be to run an rsync command or something like that. So it makes branch very flexible. But then when you added the deployment step, that's when you would give all the connection information for your host. Um, and it was less, less flexible. And in addition to this, we had the concept of integrations, which was the hosts that we had a deeper sort of connection with, but they weren't really playing together super nicely. The, the data model was kind of weird. So we decided to, so the thing is like, even for the host that we didn't have an integration with, we still wanted to make it seem like we had an integration. 
So like, for example, for WP Engine, we can take your API credentials and make an API call to list all your sites um, in the onboarding. Okay. And, but another like thing we do is we upload your SSH key to their hosting platform. If you're using Kinsta, for example, you have to yourself upload that SSH key because well, they don't have an API, so we can't do it for you. But we still want you to have the ability to go through the onboarding or the integration flow. So instead of the 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 step where we automatically upload your SSH key, we want to show a page with your like we want to show basically like a modal is this like here is your SSH key, copy this and go to this specific link on Kinsta and paste it. So I see. we handhold you. Got it. And so what that means is basically, first of all, we need the concept of hosts. We didn't have that in our data model. And below that, we need the concept of environment. So like a production environment, staging environment, stuff like that. And then the the challenge here or the, the kind of like the interesting bit was that we wanted the ability to have completely custom flows for each host because they're all different and some hosts we don't really have a partnership with and we don't even have any customers using them right now but like for some reason like two years ago we added them because we talked to them or something like that but we don't want to spend a lot of time on their onboarding flow because it's not super valuable to us but for wp engine who is like you know a trusted partner we have a, an agreement with them and we work together with them regularly like we we want them to have a really nice flow. So we don't want them to be held back because we don't want to, you know, create really awesome flows that work across all hosts because that's a lot mm -hmm. of work. <laughs> so yeah, we want to basically split it apart so we can work on each host individually and it's like its own place within the brain chap. And we have a solution for that now. And I it's see. taken a long time to build because it's essentially like a rewrite of a big part of the core um, and the data model. Um, Oh, wow. The thing is, every, everything is backwards compatible. So no pipeline is going to be affected by this. It's only for new. Uh, cool. Because still, like the end result is still that you end up with steps in your pipeline and they don't change right now. Like they won't change for, because of this. So okay. that is coming out this week. But it's like it's gotten to a point where, first of all, we spent a lot of time on it. So kind of like the way we think about it now is it's better to get it out, even if it's not perfect mm -hmm. or uh, far from perfect. Like even if we don't have documentation for some of these hosts, or even if we haven't tested, like maybe we just tested the happy path for one of them. For the more important ones, like we've tested everything that we want to test about it. Mm -hmm. But for some of them, we just tested the happy path. And we were like, it's actually, it's gotten to, the pull request has gotten to a size where it's better for everyone to just get this out and then improve upon it afterwards. Yeah. Because it's so much easier to kind of like say, okay, this is where we are now, you know, safe. Yeah. <laughs> Hit the safe button. Yeah. And then we can start. Um, we can start because it gets so out of sync with like everything. So you just want to get it out there. You want to get it into the main branch, the master branch, and then you you want to start to improve it. <laughs> yeah. Um, from there. So I, I think I resonate with you on the on the whole like building um, your integrations with the accounting tools because it's like like now or your actually your whole product like that you, you kind of like have all those pillars you talked about. It's like mm -hmm. this is here now. 
can kind of like draw a line in the sand and from here on we can improve stuff but we don't have to like build f- completely from scratch for for a while and it's yeah. just refreshing yeah and that that's a yeah that's a really interesting i don't know what to call that it, it, it it's it's real though because like you you know your positioning i was thinking about kind of the relationship between integrations uh and positioning recently and kind of you know you are what you eat <laughs> and and yeah. like if you know not just what you integrate with but like what you do with the data that you get and what you give them back like if you can figure all that out it's almost like your product's positioning becomes clear because that's it like you're 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 you put yourself into a uh kind of in the biological sense the food web right or the ecosystem yeah. like you're like oh yeah. i i we eat this data and then this data is eaten by these people and whatever. But it's, it's funny how a lot of times we, they are so tedious to do though. I guess that's the, the irony. And um, I'm sure you, you knew that like example, your example, it's not like you didn't know that these, this touch point or this integration point or this like interaction existed between you and them, but like knowing exactly on the onboarding, does it go at the beginning? Does it go at the end? What do we ask for? What do we get the user to do? Like all that stuff is so hard to figure out because yeah, of course you want your product to be integrated with all these other products, but like, do you bury that in a settings page or is that like a part of the onboarding flow or is it like yeah. on a, is that a feature page? Like what, <laughs> where you put these integration buttons is tricky. I think like the, the thing that really got out of hand with the old system of integrations just was that we we try to map everything into the same data model. So WP Engine, the way you connect to their API is they take a username and a password. And then we added Pantheon. Oh, I think actually we added Pantheon first, but whatever. They require something they call a machine token. So there's just one thing um, instead of two things. And then like, let's say we wanted to integrate with DigitalOcean, like then we have to think about like droplets and mm. the way, maybe it's OAuth, like maybe, like I wish we could do OAuth with WP Engine, maybe we'll be able to one day, but like, I don't want you to, you know, find a token in their UI if we can just do OAuth, but like, mm-hmm. but now we can build everything completely custom for each flow. And it's it's mm. almost like each host is it is, it's its own little app in a sense um that's completely yeah. like isolated hmm. or from the rest of the from the rest of the code base and that's just really nice that's cool so, it allows us to it allows me to say to bjorn i don't care about this host i care a lot about this host and then he can that he can sense. know that when he builds those integrations and that's super valuable right now when we want to move fast yeah yeah that's awesome. Part um, of the reason we want to move fast is we, yeah. uh, I mean, it's Christmas soon. And uh, you can tell, like, it's everything is getting quiet now. Like, no one is working on their deployment pipelines, I think, right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Probably won't until, like, middle of January. Um, You'll see. I, you know what's funny? Let's just interrupt that thought. Somebody sent me a message today saying, I've been wanting to play around with Summit to do my 2021 planning. But like I've been so buried with operational stuff, like finishing the year, I haven't. So I'm like looking. Now I'm not saying this is the same for your product, but, but for mine, I said like I'm looking forward to having like 
a lack of distractions and being able to kind of play in the sandbox, so to speak, and think big picture. And Summit is kind of that big picture tool in a way where you actually do kind of step back and look at everything that's going on. And so I think some some people, and this wouldn't be the maybe the companies you're talking to, but like some folks, they almost they almost need a vacation just to think about the yeah. picture. You know? No, I actually got a message from one guy and he said, um, I'm looking to move a few other projects over on Branch over the holidays. He actually said that. Funny, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I guess people do that. People you shouldn't. Like, I wish you just shut down the lock login page and be like, hey guys, take some time <laughs> off. <laughs> well, you might need a you might need a flag on that based on the country that they're connecting from. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you should let us take some time off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, but we are actually taking some time off. Um both Bjorn and I really need a break. Um cool. and I just need some family time. Yeah. Um getting a new heating system installed in this in the cabin next week so it's oh. gonna be ready for the holidays okay and um nice yeah so actually we are i think for me it's going to end up as 20 days almost almost three weeks i'm taking off well take off is big word like you know i still support and stuff like that every day mm -hmm. um but of not like like just maintenance mode right <laughs> for yeah. 20 days and i'm That's looking forward to that that's great. I've already, uh, I've already told um, my wife that. Oh, so we're moving January, well, January thirteenth is supposed to be the closing date, but kids are out of school. We've got an entire house to finish packing up. Uh, yeah. At some point, Summit is going to go into uh, hibernation, and I'm going to yeah. focus on just all the personal stuff. Um, yeah. Looking. For, I'm yeah. looking for that. We'll get our keys for our new apartment on December thirtieth. So okay, we'll we're having New Year's uh, with some friends that are ba basically going to be our new neighbors <laughs> when where we move. Cool. So we can walk home and sleep on an air mattress. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's funny. <laughs> Is that because? Uh, well, why an air mattress? Because like betting wise, you don't. Oh, because we're gonna like basically get the keys and we won't have time to move. Because oh, okay, we're gonna okay. like it's gonna be yeah. like New Year's. <laughs> oh yeah, okay, got it. Yeah, that's it. That's we we still have the apartment available, so we can go there and sleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, <laughs> and then we'll, we can move in January. We'll be we'll uh, we'll have this with some overlap with the new place as well, and so we're not we don't have to move the first day, but I think the goal is, yeah. ASAP because <laughs> excited so why not i don't i don't think anybody wants to spend one more night here yeah i right. i'm just excited to have some time to kind of like get settled there and mm -hmm. set up my new home office and yeah. like be ready to be ready for the new year i think it's cool 2021 has potential to be a really good year yeah i'm fronts. excited i'm actually gonna have yeah. a home office with a door for the first time since 2012 yeah, that's I mean, actually, great. that doesn't that doesn't sorry, that doesn't include the time. That's not true. There was a time where I had an office office in Austin. And of course, I had office, the door and all that. But I wasn't coding and developing and like doing the things I'm doing now. So having a office as an early stage uh, is exciting. I'm looking yeah. at that. That's great. The thing Bjorn and I don't want is like having a 
three million lines pull request it's not that big but it's fairly <laughs> big and then not release before we go on holiday mode yeah just gonna feel and bad come back in january to like what is this Three hundred thousand lines of code and be like uh let's start over yeah what so we kind of yeah <laughs> we kind of agreed to like we plan on getting it out this week but if we don't like we'd rather like work a couple of extra days and like cut the holiday short and then not have that happen. Mm-hmm. So our motivation is to finish this so we can go on vacation, but none of like, we don't want to go on vacation and ha- like, it's not gonna be a vacation if we have this hanging over our heads. Yeah. Cause it's no, Bjorn sure. started working on this before I had my baby, which was like in early September. And he, he started working on it in August. And then a lot of things just came in between and like other things. And, had higher priority and I was gone for a bit and it just dragged out. So, mm-hmm. and it's just been harder and harder to do con- improvements to the core or to the rest of the product while you have a bigger and bigger thing that, you know, is going to override a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. So it's that, that's going to be just really nice to get out. And we just have a big backlog of like small little things that we want to do once it's out. So we're both really looking forward to getting that out. Makes sense. I, I going in without that uh, sounds sounds way better. Yeah, and the awesome thing is like, like the more we think about our plans and the more we think about what the future is going to be like, like the more we're just convinced that this the choice we made of building this thing is like the right choice. It's it's so Good. like everything we want to do is going to be possible so far at least like we haven't had some like every time we think of something we that would be cool to do we're like oh yeah we could build that pretty easily when we have the hosts thing out <laughs> oh i know I, exactly that's that's how you know it's one of those pillars it's like it's condition it's so many other things depend on it yeah and you're always saying like oh yeah once i have the accounting data in there i'll be able to once i have the accounting data i could do why don't i just have yeah. it yet right yeah like just like a thing bjorn added in like five minutes the other day was so it's like all hosting companies the way kind of like their model for how you set up sites and environments they're they're all different so for some of them it makes sense that you always deploy your master branch to the development environment all the time and then you manually kind of like promote it to the production branch or the production uh, environment for others it's like you deploy maybe like all your branches always are deployed to the staging environment. And then you decide like manually you want to deploy to production when something is ready. Mm. So we kind of have like a gut feeling for each host, how people use it or how they've already used it with branch. So like (laughs) he added this little thing where when you set up the environments for the different hosts, um, let's say on Kinsta, for example, it's like, here's the bot, like shows you a button to like add, your envi- an environment to your Kinsta site. So you click the button and the first time the model ha- is like pre-populated with the name production and it it has the master branch pre-selected. Well, not the master branch, but your default branch. So for a lot of people, that's main now. Mm-hmm. Um, and if the default deployment strategy is deploy manually. And then you save that. and the, But then the next time you click it, it's, it, it's pre-filled with staging. And it has all branches selected and it has automatic deployments as the strategy. 
Hmm. I mean, and it's super easy to change it, of course, but it's just like these little things where it's like we like we know that you're using this host now and we know what you probably want to do. So like, let's just prefill everything. So you actually probably just need to click the save button. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just so nice to be able to do stuff like that. Yeah, there's two. It's it. it, uh, So I have this one customer in particular is he's really awesome. Um, They're awesome. And they were really pushing me for the integration with QuickBooks because uh, that's what they use. And one thing that was interesting to me is they really focused a lot on just not wanting to do a lot of extra clicking or work in the user interface, you know? And so it wasn't that like, because some it's a bit of a, it, it's not just a um, a dumb repository of data, right? And neither's branch. It's not just something that holds your data. It's something where you do work. And so it was interesting to me just how much they valued improvements to the just the tedium and the level of effort of using the product itself it's not that they couldn't get the same result but they were like oh can you just make it so i just have to click this oh can you make it so i just have to click that like just make it easier and easier and easier and it was a good sign that they wanted me to do that but you know as the creator it's easy to get focused on well i understand it takes you know five clicks but after the fifth click, does it actually result in the correct you know, output or like does the right thing happen in the world? Yeah. And they're like, yeah, yeah, that's great that the right thing happens in the world. But like I want it to be one click instead of five. And you're like, if you do that, then I'll be really excited. I'm like, but the thing, it did the, it made, it, it's a, it, it made a forecast. <laughs> so yeah. it's, it, the bar is really high, isn't it? Like yeah, yeah, it's yeah. really high. They don't, they don't want to have to, like a good example of that on the, on the accounting side is, I mean, what is an integration for Summit? You can manually input all this data already. All the integration's doing is auto-creating the data. Yeah. But that's means everything to them because they don't want to have to do it manually. Um, I think for us, it's more like people are a little bit intimidated and it's like, I don't know which deployment strategy I should pick. So Yeah, interesting. Yeah, interesting. and soon like, we'll just be able to just add those like for some host we can do that automatically for you like we can scan your environments we do that with wp engine so they don't have to do that what i just described like they're just Mm -hmm. there they can edit them if they want but they are there already and they have same defaults and then the next thing we're going to do very soon is we're actually also going to pre-populate the pipeline because i mean we know your environments we know your branches we know how you're GitHub repository looks like it's easy for us to just add the steps to the pipeline. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be different than other tools. Yeah, it, it it's kind of it, maybe maybe this is because we've taken similar approaches to the kind of the design of the systems that we've built. Yeah, but similarly with Summit, I basically made it where you can author these little atoms, these building blocks, and there are some restrictions. There's only like 27 different kinds, but um, and there hopefully there's 200 one day. But even with those 27, like you can do a lot, and people can create those. But ultimately, what like even with the plugins feature, it was well, actually, real quick, maybe story down memory lane for onboarding, which I think will be instructive. The first version was like build everything yourself from scratch, blank slate. The second step was me realizing people are getting stuck creating their second thing because they don't know what thing to create next. So I, I, the next step was, let me create four things for you, the ones you're going to need for sure. 
And then I was like, well, what about the other things? So I'm like, fine, let's do a modal where you pick an entire model and you click it and it builds the entire model for you. But then people would be like, well, but yeah, it's, it's a fully built home instead of just a garage or a driveway. But like, that's not what my home looks like. How do I make it look like my home? It's so like where I am now is pick the components of a home that you want to put in to start. Do you have a two-story or one-story? Do you have a garage or no garage? Do you have, you know, this or... And so you're like, this kind of kitchen or this kind of kitchen? So at this point, I've gotten to... People are putting together a complete picture, but their brush strokes, if you will, are like way wider than the beginning. Like it's not the whole picture. You don't just like get the whole picture, but it's like one click to put in entire sections, if you will. Yeah, but they yeah, get to yeah. pick, but they get to pick the sections, and so it's like finding that right. Maybe here's like general lessons, like finding that right sort of altitude or level of abstraction for them to live at in the tool, where they're not having to like do pixel art, <laughs> but you're also not just giving them the finished picture. Is I think this big challenge with creative tools, I guess. Yeah, which I would put branch among those. It's like, well, do you want them to be able to? Do do they create all these build steps mainly themselves and like struggle through all this stuff or do you like auto do a bunch or, you know? Yeah, I think, and I think it was actually Rob Walling. He had this point probably with Summit actually. I think he was talking about Summit. It's like, it's much easier to edit something than it is to create from scratch. Like mm-hmm. the, it's the same. Like when you start a new integration, like starting from scratch is intimidating, but like when you already have something, like you can just- yeah. Yes. Start editing. But it but my learning was that you reach a you reach a saturation point or you actually reach a diminishing returns or negative returns. Yeah. Yeah. When, yeah. when the stuff that's there is irrelevant. Like you would rather have it deleted. So the, yeah. the, that's the question is like, I want you to fill the blank slate. But have you ever used a tool like I've used CRMs before you sign up and they think they're helping you out? Like, here's here's a here's a example company. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's so annoying. Here's but but like here's 10 example companies. And then yeah. it's like hard to delete them all because they've got employees attached and deals attached. You're like, how do I just nuke everything? And, yeah. s- and so it's funny, like you can go too far when you can't right. just edit. And I think that's what Summit was doing like maybe a month ago is hey, pick an inside sales model, a self-service model, or a enterprise sales model. And people were like, Well, yeah. I, I just have a business i it's a it's an e-commerce app like i don't want to i don't want to click any of these well now you come in and say like well just click expenses and click employees and you're done and like now you have just a model that only has expenses but that's okay you know um yeah i didn't force you down this path of getting loaded up with a bunch of data that's not relevant either right it's tricky yeah that makes sense Hey, there was actually something I I wanted to talk to you about, but we were running a bit long. Do you have a hard stop? I don't. Listeners, do you have a hard stop? Of course you don't. No, we don't. (laughs) Keep going. No. You know, I talked about last time how I think basically my Q1 plan (laughs) is Mm going to be to double down or niche down and zoom in on WP Engine, maybe Pantheon, but WP Engine primarily. The only reason to also zoom in on Pantheon is to 
remind myself that we shouldn't hard code too many things, but mm-hmm. you know, now our data model kind of like allows us to do that. So it's actually not that dangerous, but like we still like, like eventually we'll support everyone like equally well, hopefully mm-hmm. in an ideal world. But the problem from all the customer interviews I've done is like, there was no red line or no red line. It means something different in Danish than it does in English. I just realized <laughs> <laughs> there was no uh, like single thing that kind of seemed like the problem that everyone needed me to fix for them. Like it was all so over the map. We would say maybe a bright line. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was really demotivating. Hmm. Then reading the mom test and talking to you and Derek a lot, kind of realized, I don't know, it just occurred to me that if I focused on, for example, WP Engine, which also is like most of my paying customers, (laughs) what they use, it became much easier for me to see like a clear pattern of things that they had in common, things that they would need, ways we could improve the product, ways that we could and that's what I'm getting to now, ways that we could go out and find more of these people mm-hmm. because they have something in common. <laughs> you know, they are hosting with WP Engine. So the funny thing was that I was talking to Rob the other day and I told him, I think like there's like, a really clever way where I can like scrape agency sites and tell if they're hosted with WP Engine, but it's a little bit hard because all WP Engine sites are behind Cloudflare. So it's hard to tell from the IP, but like I can find this little thing that indicates that it's the WP Engine side. Um, and he's like, yeah, yeah, you could probably do that. And maybe you can do some outreach based on that. Um, then I realized, and I kind of knew that, but I just forgot, but then on their website, because they want you to use WP Engine. So they want you to find an agency that uses WP Engine. So they have a directory. <laughs> <laughs> and it even has Ta-da. filter options of like how pricey they are, where they're located. And... Just in North America, there was more than 600 listed on that page. And turns out Pantheon also has one of those. (laughs) So it's like a a lead generation tool for me, I think. That's awesome. Yeah. But the thing I wanted to talk to you about is I, first of all, like we're going to have a WP Engine specific landing page. I'm even considering like making the main landing page more like talk more to WP Engine. At least I'll make the WP Engine logo bigger than the others. Um, just to signal that this is really good with WP Engine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so we're like, we're going to have places that hopefully WP Engine prospects or leads will land. And some of them will sign up. And when we sign up, we added this thing where we ask which host you're using. So we get a better idea. Question. Yes. Question. Why um, is it is it better with WP Engine? Or do you just like WP Engine's users better because they seem to get the product? Yeah, good question. I like I like them better because they get the product. They, by being WP Engine customers, they have proved themselves to be willing to pay a premium yeah. to not have to deal with stuff like this. Okay, but <laughs> functionally, like it's, it's not different. Yeah. It is because... WP Engine and Pantheon has in common that they have APIs. Okay, right, right. So right. that means we can do a lot of the provisioning and it's That's just right. very different, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're launching with a new partner tomorrow that will have an API soon, I think, or already have. So they might be added to that 
that group as well. Um, yeah. So we're asking people now where they're hosting and we didn't do that before because eventually we'll know like when they add a deployment step, but the problem is a lot of people get stuck. So we actually never get to know where they host because they never get to indicate that because they don't get that far in the app. But now it's the first thing they have to answer is like, what are your, what's your primary host? And the reason I wanted to do that is because like the first thing I wanted to figure out is how, what's our activation rate for WP Engine customers right now. So we have paying WP Engine customers and someone using WP Engine is just more likely to be a customer when they sign up than other hosts. Mm -hmm. And, but I don't know, like, like in theory, I don't know if everyone who signs up with a WP Engine account becomes a customer or if it's like 10% or like, I don't know <laughs> because mm -hmm. a lot of the people that sign up, I have no idea what they're using before yeah. they activate. Sure. And, and I'm curious about before they activate. Anyways, so that'll help me. Like, I think the reason that's important is we have a lot of things we want to do with the product as well, but we don't want to do too much guesswork. So we want to make sure that we see things actually improve. And we also want to make sure that this, when we like that, we talk to customers and that's kind of the other thing or the main thing that I wanted to talk to you about is like, I, I'm excited about this because it feels like, like there are ways for me to get to talk to these agencies one way or the other. Like I can start kind of like soft and ask them to book a demo, offer them to book a demo, talk to them in the app, you know, just basically see if they want to talk to me and hopefully they do. And then, you know, I'll, that'll be like an easy way to get feedback and do some sales and stuff like that. But there's also the risk that maybe they don't want to do that because, you know, that's been a problem in the past and it's developers and stuff like that. Yeah. But, but then, you know, there are just so many things I can do now. Like I, I could, I could force them to talk to me before they can sign up. But I also have this list of like a thousand agencies and like worst case, I could literally just start calling them mm -hmm. and like basically force them to talk to me. So like, I feel like even if it's cold email, if it's calling people, if it's LinkedIn, if it's ads, if it's content, if it's just inbound, like now, because I have this defined group of people that I'm interested in, mm -hmm. I can talk to them. Right. And so I'm creating this, this new landing page and I'm kind of thinking like, what's like the thing I kind of want to do is I want to reach out to these people and ask them to talk to me. Like, of, like the inbounds, I kind of know what to do, but the outbound is a little bit, oh, it's very new to me. So what I'm struggling with is like, what even like, what's my goal in talking to them? Is it like, do I just want to talk to these people to learn more about them like, like more like classic customer interviews or am i trying to sell to them like how how should i even think about this problem like the how... yeah uh, so let, let, let's think let's think about the problem <laughs> so yeah what there's a lot of information in that so yeah i know uh, yeah so, i just so, want to make sure i give context to you but also the listeners. yeah so now i've got not now i've got all this context which is good but let me zero in let me start asking some questions then about like yeah what it is we're actually trying to solve for here yeah sort of a make sure i heard you correctly this is who you want to go after um right 
you think they'll you think one or many more of them will make great customers right. uh, you want to know if that's true you you have a hypothesis right. that that is um and that's backed up with some evidence of existing wp engine agencies and pantheon agencies yep. okay yeah um so you'd like to reach more of them uh how did you reach the ones you have now um it's a combination of people searching for the problem on google mm -hmm. um landing on either our website on the wp engine website or someone talking to us like a sales engineer or a solution engineer that one of those engine. Oh, okay yeah okay um, so like that's the channel i don't control mm -hmm. um like yeah so i want to talk to more of them and i have like i have many ways to reach these people i think with like guest posts and content and mm -hmm. seo and stuff like that but the thing is i want to make sure that like i i want to find sort of like product market fit i guess with this group because it doesn't really make a lot of sense to like invest in like marketing to these people before i know that that the machine works mm -hmm. right like so that's why I think I need to talk to them, understand their world and improve the product based on their feedback and hopefully how, get them to try the product. How many of those would it take for that to be um, a good sample, do you think? I mean, if we could get 20 WP Engine customers, I'd be really happy. Okay. Uh, I'd probably be happy if we got ten, but like, <laughs> I yeah, feel like and, well, okay, twenty is like more than it's just. Just to refine, just to clarify the language, when you say "get," you're saying if ten WP Engine customers became paying customers of Branch or had conversations with you, which is it? No, became customers. Became customers. Okay, after having had conversations with you or not, but you're looking to yeah, like my hypothesis a bit, or the way I think about it is like if I if I can like hard code. <laughs> mm -hmm. this or like hard code sell this to 10 agencies then the product will be much better for these people than it is now because i'll get more feet like that'll essentially like double the amount of feedback we get and so the product will be improved the onboarding experience will be improved we'll understand the problem better and then like the so that'll make it easier to you know have the say the right stuff on the website right the so right, when's, the, when's the last time you did joint well I, I don't want to ask too much stuff on the podcast but you just you don't have to answer this my brain goes to when's the last time you had a conversation with wp engine and when's the last time you did a joint marketing effort with them that was more intentional yeah so i talked to them uh quarterly okay we right. we haven't done a marketing push together for different reasons that are kind of like internal uh marketing things that i can't sure talk about like, things okay. with their within their their company mm -hmm. so that's why like i kind of need to figure it out on myself like you know i can i can that's all i need i can market it on my own channels okay, okay but okay. i can't rely on them i can't rely on them okay so but that's all that, okay but my next question is uh 10 is not a marketing channel 10 is a 10 is a hanging out for tacos with 10 people group right, right. that's not a lot of people nope 10 is within the book of business for a single account manager at WP Engine, right? Um, yeah. Maybe three. So there is a relationship channel here that could 
harvest 10 conversations and you wouldn't convert all 10. But if you converted some meaningful number, like four or something, five, that would mean a lot. And converting them maybe to a free trial or, or like a something, like converting them, engaging them, I don't know, activating them, yeah. getting them past that point. Because we talked about the last time, once they're on that conveyor belt, they convert. So you're actually not even trying to sell them on becoming a paying customer. No. You would just like them to get on that conveyor belt yeah. of inevitably you'll become a paying customer because this rules and you love it and it's it's awesome. So w- without sort of like like is that not a my viable pushback, approach? Yeah. My pushback is that it's been continuously hard to do to rely on them to do stuff like that for me. Okay. Um for some reason that might just be me screwing it up. Um is that is that true across all hosts? Uh yeah. Hmm, okay. I mean I get like the last customer we got was recommended by someone at a hosting company. So they do do it, but it's hard to make them do it on demand. <laughs> if this were if this were pre, you know, if this were not the covid era and you were in the states or you know, I actually I don't remember. Yeah. This is where you sometimes go. Can I can I fly out and meet with you guys? Yeah, yeah, on yeah. Such and such a time, and like yeah. that face time changes the dynamics of that relationship right. from low priority to. I actually looked this guy in the face <laughs> and told yeah. him that I was going to help him. Oh yeah, I mean, some of these many of these people I know in person actually from conferences, so that's not the real problem. I think. Um, mm-hmm. Like it's just but priorities. The, 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 I well, guess. Let me take a step back. I'm making an assumption here. Let yeah. forget forget the ease of execution. Would it, if that worked, would that work? You know what I mean. Like if that could happen, would that be satisfactory yeah. to what you're trying to learn? Well, I mean, I think. What I is could, it that you really? What, what, what is it you doubt? Conversations. No, but it's more like I just want to. I think what I really want is like a consistent flow of like conversations with WP Engine customers to find product market fit within that niche of the market. So like in my mind, it's like there's a long list of people who are publicly going out and saying that they work with WP Engine. So like, shouldn't I be just reaching out to these people like in a more like strategic manner like you know figure out who they are who makes sense to talk to yeah and i'm just trying to break it like apart. A, like yeah you, you want to learn something um and what i'm trying to help you think through right now and maybe not yeah. the best job is like are you trying to so here's your hypothesis wp engine uh agencies make great branch customers and yeah. can provide okay that's one wp engine agencies can be a rich segment for branch to become a healthy growing indie or software company right like it's 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 not just that you're going to find three and they're great you could find 300 and they'd be great right or 30 or something like whatever the number is so those are your two things you're trying to figure out the first one you just have very limited data right now you've got a handful and you're not feeling super confident that you can extrapolate from that handful to the number that gets you where you want to go as a business. Is that right? Like you can't go from the two or three you have to like, yeah, of course there's 300, right? You're not sure that you can. 
it's i mean it's a little more than that but but i think it's it's more like i know that they have a potential to be good customers i'm pretty confident so like the thing i'm less confident about is like if if our onboarding is good enough for example or if if we talk to the right problems on our landing page stuff like that okay so so wait, wait it's more well and, and you've talked to and i might be going in circles here so forgive the dementia but like yeah you've talked to the wp agent engine agencies you have already as customers about those things some of them yeah but not all of them some of them have been harder to like get in touch with than others. <laughs> okay. So very easy. But most of them actually I have talked to. Okay. Okay. And you learn some stuff, but you want to have that same kind of conversation with others. Like the thing that I've kind of like convinced myself or at least like thought about is like, this just sounds like the kind of, like I have a product that I know to some extent work for this kind of customer i have a long list of similar potential customers like it it feels like an opportunity to instead of like waiting for wp engine to do stuff like instead of waiting for seo to work or instead of waiting for i see where you're going to like figure out like how what magic word i need to put on my landing page like it just sounds like the fastest thing to do now would be to start going out you're right. Yeah. Okay. Does that just, make sense? That, yeah, that wasn't yeah. clear at all. I'm like, trying I'm, to surface the, more clear to me as well. I'm trying to surface the the like. I'm trying to get to the root of your concerns, so yeah. that we can sort of talk about like what evidence, if you had it, would help you know that you are wrong about something, right? Yeah. Like if your fear is that you know, um, you know, if your fear is that that's not real that's a kind that's a, that's a mirage and that it's not there if you went for it it wouldn't be there then we can disprove that by saying you probably didn't just get lucky with yeah. three or four you have that seems unlikely right the more likely yeah, thing yeah, is yeah. that there just are a number of them in the general population here's the other problem though is that yeah. you want it to be in your control you feel you might be going slower than you need to be going because your distribution strategy is not really in your control in terms of targeting these people yet. Like you've got a web page that's open to anybody and you've got a business development relationship, which is by definition slow, but high leverage. But that's why you do yeah. it. What you're really talking about is, man, I would feel really good if I had, if I could somehow go through whatever that means, a hundred yeah. others and just get the same level of insights because yeah. then you could justify like, yeah, let's go spend real money on acquiring the next thousand, right? Because yeah. it's not yeah, definitely effort, right? Yeah, and there's a few things like, I mean, we like the end game for a branch is not to be the WP Engine solution to deployment. Like that's a starting point, right? And potentially even. And, but the WP Engine market would, like I could, I could see a path where it would get us to ROM and profitability. Just that niche of the market. Yep, that's cool. So it's an, it's a, that's why it's like a, it's an interesting place to to begin for us. And then on the other hand, it's like I know if we nail it for WP Engine and we just start to learn and learn and learn, um, 
Like it'll be much easier to do the same thing for Pantheon, even though it's a smaller market. Uh-huh. But it's like it, improving stuff for WP Engine customers would also improve a lot of stuff for other <laughs> customers. Of course. Um, no, I yeah. think I, I think that focus is is awesome. And I, I, what I was trying to get at, and I have thoughts on that too. But like, what I was trying to get at is, what's the right mechanism here that's going to satisfy yeah. your needs? And what you what I think I heard very clearly was. No, I'm not talking about, you know, trying to, you're not talking about some scalable thing that you invest a lot of money into. You're also not talking about some hustle, low level relationship building effort because you still feel blocked maybe by that, you know, not that they're trying to be a gatekeeper, but you still feel like, no, I want something that if I, here's the thing, you want something that if you, if it works, you can proactively invest in right afterwards and ramp it up and business development is not that because you'll never be fully in control it's a it's a partnership by definition so so then becomes a question of how could you reach and there's i mean there's tons of methods on this what would the so what i'm doing here is like we're going back to the traction book mentally and i'm saying you know uh dog ear the business development page come back to it later what are the other yeah. methods that you ought to be doing to reach these folks? And is there anything you can do that's not, I'm not anti-email, but is there anything you can do that's a little bit more maybe personalized than a, a cold email, but is effective, right? Um, yeah, I mean, I was thinking email or LinkedIn or something like that, mm-hmm. just to get try to get people on a call. I think what a lot of folks do, so what I what's more... <laughs> I've been pitched by a lot of founders in the fintech space who are trying to sell me their APIs or some kind of thing. And what tends to work or what has worked for them, at least I can say my case, is like a personalized email from the founders that I knew wasn't generated by something. Yeah. And 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 I knew because it was like it made reference to Summit in a way that clearly this wasn't a robot and a template. And so, you know, if you're willing to invest the time you could go through some kind of list and I don't know how much spam folders you'd end up in. You might end up buried in an inbox, but you could email somebody like, Hey, looked up your agency, love what I saw on the site, blah, 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 reference, make it obvious that you really took the time to write this thing and just see if you can get 20 responses. Right. Yeah. And should the, like, I mean, the goal should, the thing that like originally that I'm now I'm convinced you that this is something I might be able to do. <laughs> but the thing the thing I was kind of like trying to wrap my head around is like say I get them on a call. Mm-hmm. Like I I remember reading Nathan Barry's blog post about like how he kind of got uh, ConvertKit off the ground when he decided to do direct sales and he emailed people that were using Mailchimp and and, and he basically just said is anything frustrating you with Mailchimp? And that really got people <laughs> Like Good that one. got all the juices flowing, right? Yeah. So I don't know specifically like what tools they're using. It's hard to tell, but you know, I could still say something like, like, is, is anything frustrating you with the way you do deployments right now? Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. But so my goal should be to like, what should my goal be? Like he was get, his goal was to get people on a call so he could try to sell convert kit to them. Sure. And I think is you're trying to, well? I think you are trying to sell, um, branch. Yeah, that, that's what you, you're actually writing the script for what an LDR yeah. would do, right? Because that's yeah. the part where you scale it. It's not you anymore. But for now, yeah, it's the founder. It's a converse. It's so it can be strategic. It's the yeah. early adopter conversation. And I think you don't start with that, though. You say like, hey, my goal in this call 
is, you know, obviously I'd love it. I, I, I like this technique. Like, obviously I'd love it if you ended up becoming a branch customer one day. There are other agencies like you that are. Ooh, wait, yeah. wait who? You know, like that's exciting. So they're not, so then they're not going to rule it out. They're sort of thinking themselves yeah. like, well, maybe I should be. What are you, who are you to tell me? Yeah, yeah, I should yeah, be? Yeah. Right. Um, but what I really love to start with is like, do you um, ask that question? And then depending yeah. on, on their temperature, like sometimes they'll respond and be like, oh yeah, no, we love our deployment s- setup. It's okay. It's fine. This is what we're doing. I could introduce you to, you know, Joe, but um, he's a little busy right now, whatever. And you're like, sounds good. You know what? Hey, would you mind if I just um, followed up with an email in a few months or whatever, and, and just let you know some of the new stuff that we're launching? Cause I think it might be better fit for you. Well, what yeah. you basically just did is you just put them on a on a nurturing list, right? Yeah. And then the ones who are like, "Oh my gosh, I I kind of think I heard about this, but I just didn't have the time. But now that I have you, you know, and you're like, great, hey, here, yeah, our requirement set up broke three yeah. weeks ago, yeah, or like, hey, I'm interested, like, great, um, would you, would it be okay with you if I did blank? Right, you're going to do work for them. You're not going to ask them to do work since you yeah. reached out to them. If I did blank, and then showed it to you, blah blah blah, to you, right? Yeah, yeah. And they'd be like, "Yeah, that's no skin off my back. Like, why not? Great. Would it, when would be a good time to show that to you once it's ready? And you just set up a yeah. sales, you just basically set up a sales demo. Yeah. The funny thing is, like, it's not even actually, it's not even to sell it. It's to find out. If they want to buy it, that is sales. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that is yeah, yeah, that's good sales. Yeah, but that's the fun. Like it's a funny way to see it. Like it's <laughs> like where I actually just want. I just wanted to know. I just want to know like if they want to buy it. That's good sales right there. You yeah, know, that's solution selling in that sense. And you know, long before you talk about your solution, you surface the pain. You get them to admit how much the pain is costing yeah. them. And if there's no pain, what you're basically saying though is you want the early adopters in this segment. You don't want to try to chase them or, or strong arm sale them or whatever. So if there's no pain, you just ask them if you can follow up. If they're really chilly and don't want to talk at all, then you're kind of like, I wonder why he took the call. Maybe he was just bored. But um, if they're really if there's no pain, like I'm going to tell them about some of our other products, <laughs> our flamethrower. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The bo- the boring tool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, uh, both Rob and Derek asked me if, if there was any way we could do mic like if we could do mi- migrate people over manually, um, like ca- kind of like concierge service. I see. And it's funny. Cause like I've thought about this in the past, and I, it did not seem like something I would want to do. Like, I don't want to log into your weird, like, Linode box and, like, try to find out where you installed WordPress and, like, how you configured Nginx or Apache or something like that. But if you, if I know you're a WP Engine customer, I know how their boxes look. I know exactly what we need to do. Like, oh, I, I could do it easily. Yeah. And then the thing I realized with hosts <laughs> is, like, in a pretty short amount of time, like, like if someone held me up on that offer like probably in a week we could build like a button that just is like a one-click migration tool (laughs) it's not even a migration tool because it wouldn't migrate you from anywhere we just set it up from scratch Mm -hmm. but i mean this and then i realized i could even do it for like i could with the wp engine api i could literally get a list of all your sites let's say you have a fifth have 50 sites in wp engine i could offer you like you can you can click this button. It'll import all your sites and set up automated deployment. Set up everything you need with GitHub with WP Engine. Um, everything would would work. 
and but then also like you know they would have a lot of projects in branch which is like would require them to be like a, a higher paying customer like it's just it's, it's a win-win-win yeah yeah so yeah. this this reminds me of you listen to these two podcasts and i feel like i should plug these folks because uh they're amazing i have another idea too but i'll get that done in a second um the acquired episodes yeah airbnb they're so good yeah i'm not done with the airbnb okay. but the DoorDash one was like phenomenal wow, that's phenomenal best three-hour podcast and the only three-hour podcast I've yeah noticed. it was amazing um the airbnb one i just finished i zoned out a little bit as i was doing some stuff but so i might re-listen to part of it but and I, frankly i've heard the airbnb story so many times it's almost like yeah i know obamos and all that stuff that's cool but the, the one part that i this reminds me of is it's the craigslist hack and the we'll go into yeah. your house and take the photos for you hack do things that don't scale. I think this is the branch version of I'm going to take the photos for you. Yeah. And that's fine. Right? Yeah. I mean, you hire someone wrote me on Twitter after last episode or the one before and he he basically said that with what did he 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 didn't like one of my ideas, I think. <laughs> and he had a good a good reason. Oh. But the the thing he said was basically if he was thinking about hiring branch it would be to replace a devops person um huh. at his company so it's like i don't want to give you like another devops task when you sign up to branch which is like okay now you gotta someone needs to set all this up right. like i can i can just be that yeah you can and until the product can be that person i can be that person that's right and you n will learn you're creating the spec for the product to do as much of that as possible yeah and like the point Rob had is like when you sit on the call and they come up with the main objection, that's like, um, yeah, the only thing is like, we probably don't have time to do this. Mm -hmm. You're like, oh, okay, that's interesting. Like we actually offer to do that for free. We're, we're, <laughs> so that's actually not a problem. And then it's like, okay. I, I would say, really I would say for the first N folks, yeah, because I'm doing these calls myself, like for the first N folks, we're actually going to just take that on ourselves. Right. So it's a limited yeah. time thing, a one time thing. Okay interesting like it's hard to come by an expert's time for free <laughs> yeah and, and you're offering that so like why would i say no right um yeah i think that's the stage you're at and you're basically we're doing this in april or something like that <laughs> yeah i mean you're, fi you're finding the you're finding the group to uh to pursue first you're finding your early adopters i think that's the interesting thing yeah yeah i mean the, it's not only that that it's highly correlated with the host yeah, because it's not like okay, let's just um, let's just go after these people because that's easier for me. <laughs> it's because like I'm looking at my data, and those are the people that are most successful with the product. Mm -hmm. They also, weirdly enough, have the simplest use case. Like they don't use all the bells and whistles we have. That's cool. So they actually they probably just want us to improve the core and not like add a ton of like different features and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. They don't use that, but they are WP Engine customers. And that's like kind of like the headline I came up with yep. for this. It's like you chose WP Engine for a reason, but like the reason they chose WP Engine is because they don't want to have to deal with any of this stuff. Like they just yep. want to, you know, write code for their customers and push it. And then they don't want to have to worry about servers and uptime and scalability probably not deployment either <laughs> interesting that's that's so good that's so good this uh, this whole episode i've been thinking as you have you shared like this decision of focus 
uh, I think it was 2000, was it 2005? I had a jo- uh, job in, in Chicago as a software developer and I worked for a company that had a 33,500 page catalog of products, physical products. And uh, I was a software developer though. And I had the project of creating a new parser for all that data. And I remember and I had to parse the data and visualize the data, which was like a pretty big undertaking. It was like two-person teams. So this was a lot of fun. It was like a skunk works thing. But the point was, I remember trying to build a parser that would just work for all the pages in the catalog, like all 3,500. And it just, like I could never get any mental traction or any traction on the problem right. because like I would make it work for this data set but then I go into this other product category and like it wouldn't work for these six reasons. And I just kept, and so my manager kept pointing out like, well, this isn't working. This is where they're like, you know what? What if we just got it to work for this set of products in the catalog? It's like 4,000 products out of 500,000 products. But if I could just focus on these 4,000 and it works, yeah, what would happen? And you know what's funny is I focus on those 4,000. It worked for them. But it actually didn't just work for the 4,000. It worked for like <laughs> 80,000 of the whole set or something like that. But it was only yeah. because I just I just decided to focus. Like I I, yeah. I stopped trying to fix all these different ones. So I, I solved it for a lot more. And maybe yeah, what will yeah. end up happening is like, you won't just solve this for WP Engine customers. You'll solve it for many more. But it'll That's be... That's what I think. Right. But it, it gives you the blinders that you need to feel that traction and to be able to make investments, yeah. right? And like sometimes it feels like everything is falling apart. Like we had a customer that we had sort of high hopes for the other day, churn. And if it had happened before I had this realization, it would have really bummed me out and really been, yeah, it would have just been really annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, but it happened after this new focus and they were not a WP Engine customer. They were a customer of a host that where we, we don't have as much a great of an integration as we do with WP Engine mm-hmm. because of the API. Mm-hmm. So it like, but it, it it just felt like, oh, okay, it's like we're already applying the filter, <laughs> right? Right. So they're actually not meant to be a customer right now mm-hmm. <laughs> with what we're building. Right. So it actually is not that as bad as I thought. Um, That's good. I think I need to get off this recording now. Yeah. Before uh, my wife goes crazy. (laughs) Sounds like it. All right, man. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Appreciate the the going a bit long here. Uh, Speaking of long podcasts, I recommend, I shared this on Twitter. Patio 11 used to have a podcast. Um, I I shared it on my Twitter feed. I forgot about that. Yeah. Calzumius, I think it was called, or his website is called, Um, but it was just on his blog. And in 2014, he did an interview with Steli. And that was the first Steli interview I've heard. And it's kind of like what got me. It's the first time sales really resonated with me. And it's another like one and a half hour podcast. It's, uh, it's really good. It's, uh, I bet. It, yeah, it's cool to hear someone like six years ago be super, you know, sharp on something that we all kind of like know today and have heard today. But mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah, no, that's cool great stuff. stuff. Um, also, his talks at Business of Software conference are really good, um, and you can watch the videos of those classics. Nice. So, cool, man. Shall we wrap it up awesome. before we hit an hour and a half? Let's do it. All right. <laughs> Take care, man. Cheers. Bye. See you later. Bye. Bye.